It would be any family's dream. A beautiful big farmhouse with plenty of land for children to run and play. The saying goes, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. And in the case of the Perrin family, it was. Roger and Carolyn Perrin had five daughters, Andrea, Nancy, Christine, Cindy, and April. In the winter of 1970, they found the perfect home to raise their family. Referred to as the Old Arnold Estate, the Perrin family's new home was an 18th century build and sat on a vast 200 acres in the small town of Burlesville, Rhode Island. They would quickly find out that their family was not alone in the house. Strange occurrences began almost immediately upon moving in. Carolyn began to notice that objects would go missing or be moved. She would hear noises when no one would be home. She would stumble on strange messes in a newly cleaned room. Her children soon also began experiencing unsettling events. The girls recall what can only be described as a smell of rotting flesh moving around the home, often accompanied by a shrill and unnatural cold. As fear amongst the family rose, Carolyn decided to research the house's history for herself. Built in the 18th century, the farmhouse had allegedly been home to generations of horrific deaths and brutality. Carolyn discovered in a public book of records that the home had been the site of three suicides, the rape and murder of an 11-year-old girl, two drownings, and four deaths that had apparently been caused by hypothermia. While some of these claims have been questioned, there can be no doubt that a house that was home to eight generations has indeed seen dark days. The Perrin family haunting began to amp up as Andrea Perrin recalls there was one particular spirit that was malicious and persistent in terrorizing the family, especially her mother, Carolyn. She describes seeing the spirit so vividly. She was hideous. Her head was hanging off her neck. Her head looked like a desiccated hornet's nest covered with cobwebs. She had hollow, vacant eyes, thin lips, jagged yellow teeth. Roger and Carolyn reached out to Ed and Lorraine Warren for help. Ed and Lorraine Warren were well-known paranormal investigators. With Ed being a self-professed demonologist and his wife being a clairvoyant and medium, they arrived at the Perrin house to seek out the belligerent spirit and cleanse the house of her presence. The Warrens visited the home several times to investigate, each time concluding that the family was in the presence of many spirits, some benign and some wicked. The Warrens conducted a seance in the Perrin home with Roger and Carolyn, as well as a priest and another medium. The seance, as Andrea recalls, went badly wrong. Carolyn, who had been the most affected by the paranormal activity in the home, levitated in her chair and was thrown 20 feet through the air. Angry and scared, Roger forced the Warrens and their guests to leave. Before they left, Lorraine told the family she sensed a malignant presence in the house, and her name was Bathsheba. According to legend, Bathsheba Sherman was ostracized for being a witch after a baby mysteriously died in her care. It was reported that the child died from being impaled at the base of the skull with a sewing needle. The town from then on whispered about Bathsheba's intention of sacrificing the baby to Satan, though formal charges were never filed. From 1970 to 1980, the Perrin family continued to experience relentless hauntings and horrors before they were finally able to sell the home and move on. Ed and Lorraine Warren maintained that this was one of the most active paranormal occurrences they have ever investigated.
with original audio recordings from Ed Warren and interviews and counsel from Lorraine Warren herself, on November 11, 2009, New Line Cinema picked up the script for a film based on the terrifying true story of the haunting of the Perrin family. In 2013, this film would be released as The Conjuring. My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And we are the Exorcisters. Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to episode 8. In this episode, we are going to talk about The Conjuring, the film from 2013. As of uploading this, tomorrow is going to be James Wan's birthday, so that's pretty apt. He was the director, writer, and producer for this one, or just the director? Just the director for this one. He did all three for Conjuring 2. Got it. That was his... His big thing mm-hmm. was the second one, which is really good. The Conjuring is revered as one of the better horror movies of our generation. Mm-hmm. The whole franchise. I mean, in this franchise, you've got The Conjuring, Conjuring 2, you've got the Annabelle spinoffs, and then you have the Nun spinoff, mm-hmm. which just came out this past summer, I want to say. Like in yeah. June, I think it came out. For this generation of horror, I measure like three major things together, and it's Insidious. The Conjuring, and Sinister. And honestly, Sinister, it's only one, but I feel like it's kind of in that ballpark right? of those movies. And James Wan also did Insidious. Mm-hmm, he did. Okay. He's done a lot of good stuff. He's also he the one that did Saw. Yes, so we've Directed already Saw. done one of his movies. Yep. And I think in our research we also found he did Lights Out, he which did. I hadn't known. I had right. seen it, but I didn't even realize. That was interesting. Yep. He did Lights Out, and then he's doing The Curse of La Llorona that's coming out. Oh, he is. So I had a random weekday off, and I watched this by myself today <laughs> for some stupid reason. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I've seen it before. It won't be a big deal. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, I guess, but... They did such a good job with the score that it invokes so much anxiety and fear right off the bat, even from just the opening, this is a true story of Ed and Lorraine Warren and the happenings of whatever, you yeah, know, happened to the like parent family. Yeah, when it like freezes Ed yeah. and Lorraine, it's so creepy that music picks up and... And it's just this sound. Mm-hmm. It's so scary and I was like, ooh, I fucked up. I should have watched it last <laughs> night when Brad was home, but I didn't. So it's a really good movie. It's very... You know, it's definitely not as scary. This is, I don't even know, maybe the eighth or ninth time I've watched Mm -hmm. it. But seeing it in theaters and like for the first time, and if you are somebody that gets scared of horror movies, Mm -hmm. this is a good one. Mm, This is one that'll get you. Well, this is our first ghost movie that we've done. So we've done a possession. We've done some, you know... You know, cut them up and yeah, <laughs> all of that. Blood and guts. Exactly. This is our first ghost movie that we've done, and honestly, those are the ones that scare me the most. So it yeah, really I got was, me. Yeah. I was definitely prepared. I made sure I had a buddy to watch it with. To watch it with Connor. I did. Yeah. <laughs> so it starts with what we find out in later movies, the Annabelle doll. Mm-hmm. And this scene is important for a couple reasons. It introduces Annabelle, and it's not really important to this movie necessarily, but it does introduce the Annabelle doll, which we'll have eventually. There's Annabelle, there's Annabelle Creation, and I think they're setting up for a third one that's currently in production. Currently, it's listed to come out sometime this year. We don't even have a title. It may be in post-production. Maybe. Yeah. 
So it sets up the Annabelle franchise. It also introduces you initially to Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yes. Who are these real, they are real people. That Mm -hmm. is their real names. Uh, They are demonologists, paranormal investigators. They say that they are called all sorts of things. But Mm -hmm. Ed Warren specifically is a demonologist, a self-taught demonologist. Mm -hmm. He was actually a World War II veteran that went to become a cop that studied demonology and then just became like the self-professed demonologist so you've got him and then his wife Lorraine who is a clairvoyant so Mm -hmm. she can actually feel things and to some extent communicate with these spirits Mm -hmm. yeah and Ed and Lorraine in this movie are played by Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga I'm so Mm -hmm. sorry if I said that wrong and her younger sister Thaisa is uh, in the American Horror Story she's also in The Nun yeah she is yes so you have those two already, and then, to me, I know she's not in a whole ton of horror movies, but I grew up on The Haunting, mm-hmm. and Lily Taylor was in The Haunting. So it's like these three big actor, actresses, to yeah. me, they're like horror movie royalty nowadays. Yeah. I know Jamie Lee Curtis is like the top of that Obviously right now. Obviously, she is like the scream queen. But it's yeah. like the nowadays horror movies, these mm-hmm. are the royalty to that. I mean, Patrick Wilson is in City. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, they He's, are in almost everything that's exactly. good horror. There's another Stephen King movie coming up soon. Patrick Wilson's going to be in it. I mean, Vera is in Bates Motel. Yeah. So they're in all kinds of stuff. Is he going to be in It Chapter 2? I don't know. I know... He's in a, just an offshoot, like how 1922 was just a, like a Netflix one. Yeah. He's in something like that. I heard that he was going to be in It Chapter 2, but it may have been, you know how on Facebook those fan-made horror posters go I around? I think that's what it was. But maybe they did actually cast It wouldn't surprise me is. if they cast him. That would be great. Yeah, as the adult Billy. Love him. Yeah. And because of Ed and Lorraine's gifts and talents and knowledge they go and do paranormal investigations for people that need them Mm -hmm. so this one there with two nurses that essentially said that they gave this spirit annabelle permission to move into the doll and lorraine's like no this is something like a lot more evil than just Mm -hmm. the spirit of a doll it's just using that to get to you to possess you and so their apartment is haunted as shit it gets ransacked and their photos broken and scratched out and they try to get rid of the doll but obviously you never can just throw it away or burn mm-hmm. it like in all horror movies and like i said this serves to introduce the warrens and the spin-off film series and then it just cuts to the warrens lecturing at a university and they're at this college talking about what they do and of course all all these people are i mean if i knew that somebody was like at the college here, mm-hmm. doing classes on their real paranormal investigations, my ass would be in a seat. I would right? just Absolutely. take that class. So obviously they've got a lot of people there asking questions, and Lorraine talks a little bit more about being clairvoyant and those kinds of things and what they do. It's always a beautiful farmhouse mm-hmm. or like a beautiful old house. These houses, they this Perrin family is this family that is we're going to be focusing on for this entire movie. They move into this beautiful old farmhouse. I was mm-hmm. researching it, and it has like 14 rooms or something like that. It's gorgeous, and it's on some acreage. And they're moving in, and they have five daughters, mm-hmm. this couple. And April, the youngest, just right off the bat, finds this really spooky music box by this tree that's out by the pond. And it's it's very, you can tell it's old. And this is the second movie in a row that's had a creepy music box, because Happy Death Day had also a creepy music box. I mean, you also have to look at this was in the 70s. Right. 
and toys a lot of toys kind of looked creepy back then so yeah. i could see that that didn't look very abnormal to her and it's even older too because that music box is older right mm-hmm. yeah but absolutely i mean there were electronics like, exactly yeah uh, but she's sitting by a tree playing with this and their mom calls her inside and so you've got these this family settling into this house and the five girls want to play this game called hide and clap this is which a, is the worst game ever it's, it's like a really <laughs> i guess i did some weird creepy shit as a kid too it's just when you know about the famous clap scene that we'll get into later it just makes it really spooky i would but. literally never play that game i am afraid of the dark so putting a blindfold around me to try and find someone by clapping, that is my worst nightmare. I would never play that. Yeah, I, rem- I mean, it- I played Marco Polo a lot in, like, the pool, but you're, like, in a pool and a very confined yeah, space. Yeah, it's not and- through a whole house. Yeah, that you have- that you don't know, and that's a point that the mom makes. Really? She's their first night. Yeah, the kids are, like, running into shit. She's like, you don't know the house well enough to play this game yet, but they're doing it anyways. And while they're playing this, one of the girls hid in this little... It looks like just kind of a little cubby space mm-hmm. and they open it up and the the one that's blindfolded finds her but they find out that it's a basement and it's boarded up mm-hmm. and so the dad's like oh we think we have a cellar and so he's ripping the boards off it's probably because i am a horror movie fan mm-hmm. and like i'm scared of ghosts and paranormal things like that if i found something in a house that i bought that was boarded up I would probably especially something like a basement or a cellar Mm -hmm. because there'd really be no reason to do that unless there is something that is wrong wrong yeah Mm -hmm. whether it be you know maybe there's a hole in there and like animals get in there like snake or whatever you Mm -hmm. know there's or it's fucking haunted. Mm-hmm. I would just exactly. honestly probably leave it boarded up, but they don't know much about this house because they got it from the bank at auction. So they don't really have a reason to suspect that it's right. Which, scary. That was actually a cool thing that I did find in my research is part of why they, the realtor that sold them this house is actually able to get away with this is because it's bought in Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. And in Rhode Island, you don't, or at least back then, you didn't have to tell previous histories any murders, anything like that in the house. There are some states, I think, that still have those laws that you don't have to disclose. Some states you have to, but some states you don't have to disclose if there was a murder or suicide or... So they find the cellar and there's a bunch of spooky stuff down there. There's like an old piano that the mom's name is Carolyn. She plays like three notes on it. Of course, they're the deep toned, you Mm -hmm. know, scary notes. And they're just kind of like, oh, there's all this shit. What are we going to do with all this shit? And that pretty much is the extent of this discovery of the cellar scene. Right. Nothing really scary happens at this point. But the movie is pretty quick. Its pacing yes. is very quick. A lot of movie, older movies that have a longer... Like The Exorcist, for example. That movie takes a while to get mm-hmm. going. And I, I think we're seeing that just less and less and less. Because yeah. our attention spans have gotten... I mean, everything is instant gratifications on our phones, and tablets, and laptops, right. computers. I don't think that filmmakers can as easily, if they're catering towards the masses, get away with a longer build-up without some action. This is a good example of that because it gets going pretty quickly. So, first of all, yeah, Sadie is freaking out. Yeah, that's what that's Wait. exactly what I had next. The next morning. No, I mean that oh. night. Oh, yeah, that yeah. Night, when they're up in their room and Sadie's like barking at them through the window... Your dog is freaking out. <laughs> my animals freak out. I'm like, okay, nope, we're out. Let's move. Listen we're done with this place. Yeah, that's why, I mean, I have a pug whose eyeballs are always bulgy, <laughs> so she always looks like 
she's scared or surprised or concerned about something. Well, that's super helpful. Yeah. So every time she's looking like, especially, you know, how I, the void behind my couch that's mm-hmm. like is my hallway and stuff. Anytime she's looking back there, I'm just like, I can't turn around. I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna ignore it, which is what they essentially did. Exactly. But it's because I don't want to know what's behind me. Yeah. And she's probably just looking in general, but she just always looks so bugged out. (laughs) (laughs) But Sadie has been losing... I think she's a beautiful, like, golden retriever or something like that. And, like, the next morning, they wake up, and it's really cold. They make a point to say, oh, my gosh, it's freezing Mm -hmm. in here. And the dad's like, oh, I'll take a look at the furnace. And one of the daughters comes in, and she said something smelled... Like something died mm-hmm. last night, and the mom's like, "Well, is it still there?" And she's like, "No." And she's like, "Well, then it's not a problem." I it's love like, that response. That would be me as a mom. Parent, exactly. <laughs> is it a problem now? No. Okay. No big deal. <laughs> and then something that's important is all the clocks stopped at three o seven on the dot, all yep. of them. And the mom also woke up with these, like, wicked bruises. Mm-hmm. Like, way out of, I mean, they had sex to consummate the house or whatever. And yeah, but she's like, damn. what'd you do to me? And he's like, oh, I didn't do shit like that, man. <laughs> so she's got all these bruises. And then one of the kids goes outside. I think it was April, the youngest, mm-hmm. and starts screaming. And the dog is dead. And it does show the animal. But it's not a close-up. So, But I think we're more sensitive to animal deaths oh most definitely so like there is an animal death right pretty much in the beginning Mm -hmm. and then it cuts to monroe connecticut at the warren's home and ed warren is in this room with what they get out of being a reporter and he has this whole i'm worried about one single ouija board in my house (laughs) right one and he has a whole room of like haunted or possessed shit a -hmm. whole fucking room including annabelle He just Mm -hmm. brought her home and put her in a glass case. And he literally tells the reporter, don't touch anything. But how do it's like, how almost how do you not, even if you're just like walking him? Like, exactly. And you think it's just, and he keeps it locked, but he's got a daughter. Like, kids are smart. And a lot of things in there are toys. If something is locked, they're going to figure out how to get in there. Mm -hmm. Go get a storage unit or something, Mm -hmm. or something off site, or rent a room or something. Right. But I guess. I mean, I get it. They're cutting out any third. Like, if they rented a storage unit, the owners of the storage unit could get to it. Or there are a lot of things. But just keeping it in your home mm-hmm. just seems so dangerous. Right. But I guess keep your enemies close. But then it cuts to the hauntings really begin the second night that they're there. Obviously, shit's already happened because the dog is dead. So mm-hmm. you could say the hauntings have started. But one of the daughters um, laying in bed. Mm-hmm. And she shares a room with her sister, Nancy. The sister's name, I think, is Christine. And somebody grabs her foot and kind of pulls on her a little bit. This is literally why I sleep with all my appendages wrapped up in my blanket. (laughs) They do not poke out. I do not let my foot out, even if it's hot out. No, no, none of that. Something's going to yank you. It's like when kids get under the covers, like there's something really scary in their room, so they throw the covers on over them. It's like a, a... protection, even though it's... Which I thought was safety until I watched The Grudge, but, you know, that's that's something later. Yeah, that's like your, your little oh, nightmare. <laughs> oh. 
And she says, Nancy, stop grabbing my foot. And then Nancy's like, well, stop farting. It smells really bad in here. So that foul smell returns. Yeah. And even not just in this movie, but a lot of times with, like, ghosts, spirits, demons, there's always, like, a really nasty, like, mm-hmm. dead smell. Yeah. I mean, which we makes saw sense. it in The Exorcist, too. When yeah. she talks, and then they all back away from her in yeah. the room. They're like, ew. Bitch, <laughs> you stink. <laughs> I also made a note, I am so glad that TVs no longer just cut to white noise, like when they're done broadcasting, because this same night, the dad falls asleep on his desk downstairs, and the TV is just cut to white noise. Which is a whole other thing. Do you not watch horror movies? He has all these doors all around him. Something could literally come at any angle. That's why you don't Mm -hmm. leave your back to nothing. Mm -hmm. No, this is way too much. And shit starts happening. Exactly. Yeah, but, like, I'm so glad. Because now, when something goes off, like, we literally, our smart TV has, like, a fucking screensaver. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just just quiet. Yeah. Or Hulu, the screen just says, are you still there? And just kind of stays there. Yeah. And so, I'm just so glad I didn't live in that era of white noise. Like the poltergeist. Yes, exactly. So what wakes the dad up is knocking and doors creaking and all those, like, you know, like, he hears, like, and he's like, oh, what the fuck is that? And it starts, like, moving around the house. And so he's investigating. And, you know, when you have five kids, Mm -hmm. it's like somebody's pulling some shit, you know? Right. So there's no reason to be super scared yet, except if I found my dog dead on yeah. an isolated home, I'd be scared. Exactly. Even if you don't think it's haunted, like maybe someone's out there fucking around and mm-hmm. trying to get in your house. Well, there are plenty of movies and cases. There's even one coming out with Dennis Quaid. I don't remember what it's called of him just terrorizing oh, yeah. like this family. And again, he hears like another like banging and you see that one of his daughters, Cindy, is sleepwalking and she's repeatedly just banging her head into this wardrobe and that's in the oldest one's room, and her name is Andrea. Which, I have made a lot of notes to this. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you guys really want to look into it, James Wan did an amazing job on 3 and 7 are mm-hmm. everywhere in this movie. Yeah. The clock stops at 3.07, and when the daughter is banging her head against the wall, she does it seven times. Oh, I didn't get Whenever that. Whenever you hear the bangs, it's yeah. seven times. Interesting. The family is a family of seven. Oh, yeah. They even say that, and I didn't. Yeah. I I picked up on the threes, but not the sevens. Oh, good, good. Which I did a little research on. Three, obviously, we find out later and in other movies that it's to the the Trinity. But seven, I had a little bit harder time finding, but I actually did find it, that Satanists actually use it because there are seven gates of hell. So 307 means a lot. Oh, interesting. That's also interesting because you hear seven as like the comp, like combat to 666 and how 777 is kind Mm -hmm. of God's answer to 666. So Mm -hmm. interesting. This wardrobe though came with the house. And it's so creepy looking too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That room is really cool though. She has a fucking fireplace in her bedroom. Again, of these houses... I, if I saw a house from either the 1800s or the early 1900s, I'd be like, oh, this is for sure haunted, but look how pretty it is. Let's buy it. I'll <laughs> smudge it or whatever, which wouldn't have worked in this case, but they're so gorgeous. They're always haunted, though. And I guess, at least in the South, all the plantation houses, rightfully so. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but then it cuts to morning. It keeps doing this, like, things happen at night, but nothing hugely significant, and then it just cuts to the next day. There's another bad bruise on the mom. Mm-hmm. 
she's these are getting worse and so her husband is like will you please see a doctor and she says yeah i'll go see a doctor whatever mm -hmm. on this morning the dad is going to work and he sees that a bird flew into the house and basically broke its neck mm -hmm. you see more animal death just a warning and that's never a good sign if a bird ever crashed into my house <laughs> i would be like sell it get out call the priest right now <laughs> I'm Catholic all of a sudden, like, it's <laughs> God. So the other kids, the older kids, all go to school. But the mom's a stay-at-home mom, and the youngest is April, and she mm -hmm. stays home with April all day. And she hears April talking to Rory. Mm -hmm. and no, kids talking to themselves, it's not okay. Yeah. You should sell I the child. I honestly don't think I had an imaginary friend when I was a kid. I don't think I did, and I was even a, an only child. Yeah. So I still think that's super creepy that kids do that. Because everything that I had that I personified was, like, stuffed animals, dolls, things like that. Like, I don't think that I created a person to talk to. Yeah. I could be wrong. My mom might tell me differently. Maybe I was a creepy bitch, but I just don't remember <laughs> ever having an imaginary friend, so... But she's talking, she's just having a conversation, and she tells her mom that she can uh, see him if she looks into the same music box that she found. When she opens this music box, it looks like a carousel, I think. Mm -hmm. It's got a little mirror that's got these little, I don't know what you call them, it's like a little swirl. Mm -hmm. And it rotates and plays the music, and she says, if you see him, and you look in, you can see him by looking into the mirror, and sometimes he will end up standing behind you. Mm-hmm. I would not do what? that. I would not look into that mirror. If my life depended on it, I would not look into that Absolutely mirror. I'd be like, not. oh, okay, so we're getting rid of the music box? Got it. Exactly, Sorry, right? Rory, you gotta go. And But she doesn't see him. His, her youngest is an asshole and is right. like, it boo! It does kind of look like she sees something moving, though. Right, right as like, she does, though. maybe someone who hung themselves from a tree swinging. Maybe. Maybe. But... Her, Maybe it's just random movement in the room, but yeah. I kind of saw it, and I was like, hmm. I didn't notice it. I did notice, because the movie wants you to start focusing so it can mm -hmm. jump scare. Exactly. I mean, that's, you know, and April ends up jumping behind her mom and going, boo. Yeah. You know, and her mom jumps, and she's like, hey, you're going to give me a heart attack. But then April's like, mommy, play hide and clap with me, because they never let me. No. No. That game is banned. <laughs> right. <laughs> I hope my kids never. <laughs> Oof. And she's like, fine, whatever. So April blindfolds her mom. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm going to go hide. And she counts to 10 or whatever. And she's like, they get three claps. She says, first clap. And then you just hear, you know, whatever. Which, once again, three. I know. Yeah. It could be anything. Any game could you know, well, you you're have right, three though. rules. You but get three claps. So three. she gets the first one. And she's just kind of, you know, got her hands out in front of her. And she's kind of going through the hallways. And then she gets second clap. And she's like, oh, okay, they're in this room, which is the same room that has the wardrobe. And she mm -hmm. goes in, and the wardrobe creaks open by itself. No, fuck that. And no. But she's blindfolded. You know, she can't see that, but she hears it open. She's like, April, I know where you are. So she walks towards the wardrobe, and she sticks her hands. Or well, first, first of all, sorry, I missed, yeah. <laughs> she says, third clap, and these hands... <gasps> come out of the wardrobe oh and they go no and she's like ooh got her and so she goes up to the wardrobe the open wardrobe she's feeling around in the clothing and she hears this breathing and she's like I can hear you breathing but if you listen it's like a it's like not a child it is not a child and 
And then she hears, I did not listen to the breathing. Now you didn't? I'm scared. Oh, to, yeah. I'm scared it's like, like wheezy and it's, it's oh. definitely if she, I don't know how she missed it. Like, I know that like, it's not your kid's voice or anything, but it definitely didn't sound like a four or five year old breathing at all. And she hears something or I don't remember what prompted her. Well, she hears them obviously, yeah. but she doesn't feel it in the wardrobe. And oh, she's that's like, right what the fuck and she pulls it off and the look on her face she's terrified she knows something's wrong you know leave please god sell the house and leave especially because right then after that her fucking daughter walks in and is like mommy you lose you took the blindfold off and where she had just heard it yeah in the other direction yeah no i was all the way in nancy and christine like christine's room or whatever (laughs) at that point like you know something just happened to you. You're not mm-hmm. crazy. Like, exactly. it was very clear. And you even heard breathing? No. no. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> so this evening, before they all go to bed, you find out that the husband is a truck driver. Mm-hmm. Or some sort of, like, he's in transportation, and he's supposed to do a job, and he'll be gone for a whole week. And the mom's like, oh, okay, you know, I get that's fine. And you kind of hear that he's working for half his rate. So financially, they're not... Mm-hmm. Doing poorly, but they're not off to a great start in this new house. Right. And he's going to be gone for a fucking week. Can you imagine? Okay. I don't know how she goes on about her day at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess she would have to. I've never been that scared. Actually, the one time I was that scared, I fucking left. I even took Izzy. Exactly. And we left the house when all that stuff was going on around Halloween with the Ouija board. Yeah. I didn't, nothing even directly happened to me, but just thinking about what was happening to my husband and you, my friend, Mm -hmm. in my house scared me enough to leave. Yes. I would not stay there. Right. And. Or, like if it happens later on, we would all be piled in the living room. Yeah. Which is smart. I mean, you cut out all the 14 Mm -hmm. rooms or whatever. Yeah. So, this night, the husband is still home. And Christine, the same girl that her foot got grabbed earlier gets grabbed again but this time it's a much more violent like pulls her not doesn't pull her off the bed but it pulls her probably halfway down her bed makes you think of paranormal activity yeah yes and she realizes that it's not her sister nancy and she gets scared yeah she does i mean which is fair Mm -hmm. and this is probably one of the first truly like the clapping thing is scary but this is probably one of the more high anxiety scenes in the movie yeah, because you can only assume that something big is getting ready to happen. Right exactly. Now. And she realizes, when she realizes this, not Nancy, she looks under the bed and it's a very slow looking under the bed because they want a jump scare. Yeah, absolutely. It's set up for a jump scare, which is fine. It's, this is a horror movie, but mm-hmm. it, again, she's just like peering under the bed and she doesn't see anything. But when she is looking under the bed, you see the door of her bedroom move. move. And she, the look on, these, all all the actors in this movie, I feel like, portrayed Did a really good fear job. really well mm-hmm. and, and panic really well. Because this kid just, I mean, she's ghost white herself. She's ghost pale. Her eyes she are big. She looks terrified. You can tell her breathing has gotten, I mean, it just, she personifies fear. Mm-hmm. You know, she's terrified. She starts staring at the door because obviously she realizes the door just moved. Mm-hmm. So something is happening. Her sister Nancy wakes up because there's a lot of commotion because well, she wakes her up. I was say she's like terrified, trying to be like yeah. Nancy, 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 wake up. Yeah, 
And Nancy's like, what? And she goes, there's someone behind the door. Mm -hmm. Like, she's, she can't even talk, you know? And Nancy goes to the door. A lot braver than I would be if somebody right. was like, Amanda, there's somebody behind the door. I'd be like, fuck, what do I do? And it's dark over there. Like, yeah. that goes to their bathroom or something, and the yeah. light is off. So yeah. there's a lot of darkness over there that she basically walks right at. Yeah. Who knows what's there? I'm, like, staring at the door behind you and, like, thinking, like, what we would do if we were just sitting here and somebody exactly. was nothing because you there's no way out you're gonna get got honestly you guys just talking about this over again it's kind of creeping me out but yeah <laughs> yeah it does a good job of that and yeah. i actually wrote right here the musical score in this is so great the sounds and the music do so well and i know i talked about this a little bit in the beginning but there's this creepy music that mm -hmm. is also emulating a pulse racing yeah. at this part which in turn makes you feel absolutely like your pulse is racing but nancy goes to the door because she's a brave bitch <laughs> and she doesn't see anyone she like kind of pulls it back and she's like i don't see it. nobody's here but then she smells something really bad she's like oh the smell is back which means and, it's like right there mm -hmm. <gasps> it's on top of her basically oh my god and christine is like shaking at this point she's and terrified. she's like it's right behind you it's and she's crying she's like it's right behind you and then you kind of get this like just they're staring at each other in fear and then the door just slams no yeah <laughs> and of course they scream like yeah i would i probably passed out and the parents they run in and christine tells her family that not only is there somebody behind the door and they're like no it's just a dream and she says no it spoke to me and it says it wants my family dead right no. once again leave yeah leave the house please i know <laughs> And then it cuts to the Warrens again. It cuts to their house, and it's just, they're, you know, hanging out with their daughter, and Ed's leaving, and Lorraine's like, where are you going? And he's like, I got a call about a case. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't this case, but this sets up their dialogue of something has happened to Lorraine where Ed doesn't want her involved in any more paranormal investigating. Right. Because he says, I'm going to go see what it's about. And she says, well, I'm coming with you. And he says, no, you're not. And she's just, yes, I am. Because she's a pretty headstrong mm -hmm. person. And she doesn't want her husband to go do things without her. Because he has a lot of knowledge and she can actually feel and see things. Right. So they're kind of the perfect team as far as that goes. So that just served to show us that something has intense has really happened to Lorraine that they actually talk about later. But this next scene is, it's been ramping up this whole time. But this mm -hmm. is kind of when... The mom is up late and the dad is not home at this right. point. I hadn't caught until this viewing. I've seen it a few times that yeah. she's waiting up for him. Because mm -hmm. she's up at like 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I, I never caught that either. Connor actually pointed that out when mm -hmm. the pictures fall. He's like, it just chimed 3. And I was like, what is she doing up at 3 a.m.? Yeah. laundry. I wrote it down too. Clock chimes 3. Yeah. Because she's just in a room full. Like she's, she's listening to the radio and she's folding laundry and she hears clapping. <laughs> I didn't think clapping would ever be one of those things that somebody could make so terrifying. Right? But this movie made clapping, like, heart-stopping. And she hears clapping. And she thinks it's the girls. Like, she's yeah. like, it is way past your bedtime. But yeah, it's 3 a.m. My first thought would be, my kids aren't stupid. If they're just trying to sneak being awake. Why would they clap? Exactly. They're not all just going to decide to wake up and, yeah. and clap or play a game. You exactly. know, it may be the youngest one mm -hmm. picking up her game from when her and her mom left off or whatever, but wouldn't be my first thought. Again, mm -hmm. maybe I'm too tainted by horror at this point to think any differently well, or like think that it's innocent. Kids just overall are going to be kind of sneaky when they think they're not, they're going to get away with something. Mm -hmm. They're going to be sneaky. They're not right. being loud. 
because obviously they know their mom's awake because her radio's on, her door's open, mm-hmm. you know. She starts to get spooked almost immediately after not seeing any of the girls out of bed, you know. Mm-hmm. And then the family photos crash to the ground that are lining the stairwell. Mm-hmm. So if, now she's like, "Yeah, oh my God, this is something is happening exactly. here. Any time, if any of my photos ever fell to the ground or there are so many signs here that it's like get out Mm -hmm. and then there's another that like i said i wrote down the clock chimes three pretty much right after the photos fall so we've reached the devil's hour yep and almost what you find out later is significant to this malevolent spirit and there's another clap and the cellar door just opens on its own would you go in? Why would you go in? I don't know. Like she, she like almost does okay because she, she hears the piano playing the same three notes, three I that she did worst earlier. Worst in my family. The worst. I'd be like, um, Bye. no, you can have the house. I'm leaving. Yeah. I would not go and close the door. Like she's way braver than me. Yeah, and she feels, you know, she hears those same three piano mm-hmm. notes that she had played earlier, and this is where she was almost smart. She was. She was almost smart. She yells down there, I, I know you're down there. I'm going to lock you in but now. she went into the doorway. Right. No. She went. She walked in, and at this point, she says, I'm going to lock you in, and she turns around to leave, and the door slams shut, which knocks her down the stairs. And she's already obviously terrified. The good thing is the cellar light is always on, most of the time, always on. Mm-hmm. But she goes down there, and she's kind of shaking and looking around and a ball gets thrown over some boxes at you know just Mm -hmm. not at her but just kind of like the spirits like yeah you're not alone down here yeah and she runs she panics and she runs screaming up the stairs and the light gets knocked out and this is the famous scene this is like the poster for this movie other than the tree is she has these matches because her husband used matches to light it up in yeah. a previous scene. And she strikes a match and she's like shaking and looking around. And she lights a couple matches and then these hands just appear behind well, her first, and they go, Oh, you, go ahead. They, someone whispers, Hey, do you want to play? Oh, yeah. And then you hear the, Oh, again. no. You know what's so funny to me? What? We've kind of changed our setup. We're sitting across from each other when you usually mm-hmm. sit beside each other. I'm just like, acting this all out for you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then, of course, she starts screaming, but her girls are asleep and, for some reason, don't hear her screaming and banging on the door yet. Well... Because there's other shit going on. They might hear the banging, but something else... Right. ...happens. And it cuts upstairs to what's going on with her daughters, and Cindy is sleepwalking in Andrea's room again. Which... Sleepwalking kids are the scariest things on the planet. Yes. Oh my god. Can I tell tell a side story real quick? Yeah. My friend Annie, she's the same one that I talked about in episode one, who has seen whatever was in my house growing up. She was a sleepwalker. I never saw her sleepwalk. I just knew she did because her parents would sometimes go and put her back to bed. But the very first sleepover we ever had, we were in second grade. And... I had a little trundle bed so it would pull out and pop up, you know, Mm -hmm. for me and my friends. And I was on that and she was on my bed against the wall. And we faced my bedroom door and my parents' room was just one room down the hallway or two because there was a bathroom and then my parents' room. And we were just sleeping. 
I don't know what time it was. It wasn't, I was like seven, so I wasn't going to look and see what time it was. But Annie sat straight up in bed and screamed at the top of her lungs. Oh my God. I <laughs> For a decent amount of time, she sat straight up and just screamed. And I remember it so vividly because both of my parents came immediately came running in just like they do in this movie when their kids scream. And then Annie just stopped screaming and she looked around and she laid back down and went back to bed. So I'm sitting straight up in bed at this point. My Did parents you sleep the rest of the night to any of you. I mean, eventually like, cause my, but I, I don't really remember much other than my parents and I just looking at each other and they looked panicked and I was like, what? The, and Annie just went right back to sleep. So your parents are better people than me because I'd be <laughs> like, she can't stay over anymore. She's haunted. <laughs> That's my spooky little sleepwalking story. But anyways, yeah, so Cindy's sleepwalking and she's again banging her head into the wardrobe and wakes her sister Andrea up, who's the oldest, and her Andrea puts her to bed in her bed. The wardrobe door bangs again. And of course she's like, what the hell? Because nobody's, I mean, sister's in bed. Yeah. Why would the doors bang? So she goes to investigate. And this is actually one of the actual legitimate jump scares that yes. actually scares you it's in this movie. Jump. This right. Is definitely this is terrifying. A, yeah. I remember I was talking to somebody about the conjuring and they were like, oh my god, the wardrobe scene really got me. And that's actually why I was scared to watch this movie alone. Was because of yeah. that scene. And she goes to investigate the wardrobe and there's a she looks up. Well no, first her sister oh, wakes sits up straight up in bed, yeah. And starts going <gasps> And yeah. then she looks up. And there's a really terrifying woman. Right. Like yelling at, screaming at them or whatever. She looks like almost animalistic right. at the top of the wardrobe. And so then they start screaming. Dad gets home and he literally well, can. Well, it jumps at her. Yeah. Oh, it jumps on top of her. Yeah. 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 That actually Pounces. is the composer of all the music in this movie. Oh, the music I keep talking about being so terrifying? Being, yeah. Oh, so that person is actually just terrifying. Yeah, exactly. The poor dad, though, gets home. I feel home. so bad for him. How terrifying. He can hear screaming from outside the house. This sounds like his family's getting murdered. Because his wife is still in the cellar screaming. Mm -hmm. His daughter has now got this whatever it is basically wrestling with her. Right. Screaming. The daughter that is seeing Cindy, the wrestling right. is screaming. The other girls just end up screaming because well, everyone's screaming. So I just wrote, everyone is scared and screaming. Yeah. And the poor dad gets home to chaos and yes. he lets his wife out. She falls into his arms and they run upstairs. And so. And then he's even standing there. Tell me what happened. This and nobody poor guy. Can, can tell. I mean, how do you stop panicking enough to be like, oh, let me catch you up? Exactly. <laughs> you just don't. And then it cuts to the Warrens lecturing again. Mm -hmm. And they're lecturing. They're talking about an exorcism they did right. to this class. And you see that the mom, Carolyn Perrin, is in the lecture hall. Mm -hmm. She's The mom is sitting in the lecture hall listening to them because she has done research and found these paranormal investigators that will go and help people. Which go her. Yeah. To even track them down. Good yeah. job. Absolutely. The mom, basically after the lecture, she gets them at their car and she's begging them for help and ed's like nah it's probably he's he's all he's the person that's like there's a usually a rational explanation mm -hmm. for everything you know very rarely is it an actual haunting kind of situation right and so he's like oh it's pretty it's you know it's probably whatever and lorraine is like 
she's like, I please, I have five daughters and we can't They're sleep. They're her last resort. Yeah. And so Lorraine is the very compassionate, kind of softer one. And she says, yes, you know, well, let's, let's go. go. Check it out. Let's just Maybe go it's check just it out. random. Let's go see. They get there and the first thing they see is the family's all in the living room. Mm-hmm. All they, all their mattresses and blankets and they're just watching the Brady Bunch downstairs all together because they're so terrified they're not going to go anywhere else. Exactly. Like, you just... We can go upstairs where that thing jumped on you from your wardrobe. No. No. Yeah. They're kind of asking the family what's going on after they get introduced to the girls and Roger says that there's been banging at night and it comes in threes and Ed's Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, it's insulting the Trinity is what he says. And they've stopped hanging their family photos because they just get knocked down constantly and Lorraine can immediately, you can just kind of see her, like, she yeah, knows. Yeah, the look on her face. You don't really realize it the first time you watch it, but then when you realize later on when Lorraine talks about it, you can see it in her face that she already saw something. She, like, immediately goes to the mantle and is just kind of looking at the mantle, like, mm-hmm. oh, shit. There's some stuff going on here. Ed's like, you know, if this is so terrible, why haven't you left? And this is kind of the point that, you know, we all kind of get to, and it's like, fucking leave. And mm-hmm. Roger's like, well, all of our money's tied up into this place. and. Right. What friend can you call that's going to take in a family of seven? Right. That is a lot. Indefinitely. Like, there's a lot of people sleep on my floor for a night. Yeah, definitely. We'll have a little sleepover or a weekend. Exactly. you know, to... There's usually laws, too, where you can't even sell your house unless you've had it for a certain amount of time. Exactly. A year, 18 months or whatever. So, even if they could sell it and they had the money to legally, they can't. Nor probably would they. I don't think they would want this on any other family either. Yeah, fair. What are you going to do? Just buy a house and not live in it and go buy another one? You can't do that. Exactly. So they sit down to basically tape record an interview because they also, if they determine that somewhere or something or someone needs some sort of exorcism, they have to compile evidence for the church. Mm -hmm. And so they want to get on recording exactly an account of what's going on with this family. Right. And I made a note. It's November 1st, 1971. It's the day after Halloween. And it's my birthday in 1971, even though I wasn't born yet. Good job. As I sit down and interview this family, Lorraine or Ed, I don't remember which one, notices the bruises on the mom. And she's just like, I had some sort of iron deficiency or whatever. And they're talking about how the birds are like breaking their necks till, you know, Mm -hmm. they're hitting the house and all these spooky things they're talking about. And it kind of cuts to Lorraine talking to April the youngest and April tells Lorraine that her friend Rory is always sad and that if Lorraine looks in the music box she can see him Mm -hmm. and Lorraine being who she is of course sees him Mm -hmm. so now that Lorraine's pretty thoroughly convinced that there's shit going on in this house because not only has she felt it and seen this boy now in the music box Mm -hmm. she goes out they have this beautiful pond in their backyard with this beautiful tree right next to it. And she goes out and she's just standing there kind of in silence. And Ed comes out. But right before you see him come into screen, you hear something like a, a rope. And Lorraine gets really spooked, basically. Mm-hmm. And she turns around to look at Ed and she looks up and there's a woman hanging from the tree. They basically go back to their house and they both feel like the house needs an exorcism. And what's really spooky is he goes to listen to the tape recording and it didn't pick up any of Carolyn's audio. Right. So the whole time she was talking, the tape recorder didn't pick up any of it. Except for when they 
continue to gear up to do research on the house, he plays it back. Like, like it just it comes on itself. Yeah, when they're talking about the history of the house, which we'll talk about in a minute, and you just hear these terrible, like, demonic, right. like... Which, it starts up by itself. That means mm-hmm. something has already followed them home. So now they are definitely invested. And it was 3.07 when, yes, when it came on. Yeah. And so Lorraine says that the spirit, or tells Ed that it has just latched itself onto this family. We find out that that 3.07 is because that's when the witch hangs herself. Yep. And that's, we find it out as the In tape recorder stuff happens. Yep, because Lorraine says that they have had multiple deaths and suicides on the property. So this house was sat originally on like 205 acres of Mm -hmm. land. And when this witch, she was actually a witch that was uh, prosecuted during the Salem witch trials, I think that she was saying. She was the granddaughter of Mary Asti. She was was, a granddaughter. Yes. So she came from a lineage of witches. And she has a baby with this man and the man mm-hmm. catches her sacrificing this seven day old baby and she gets caught and she proclaims her love for Satan and she goes and hangs herself and she curses anyone that tries to take her land right. which is encompassing that entire 205 acres so it's not just the house so Lorraine finds out that there have been multiple suicides on the land and murders I believe too mm-hmm. yeah. of, that, of child, like mother children mm-hmm. murders so they have obviously officially decided that the house needs an exorcism. Mm-hmm. But they're not ordained to perform exorcisms. So they need to go and get more concrete evidence for the church to approve an exorcism of this house. So Ed and Lorraine bring a sheriff and an assistant, which I think is one of the students. Mm-hmm. And they rig the whole house with cameras and basically ghost hunting, for right. lack of a better term, equipment. And while they're setting all this up, there's a really sentimental moment between Lorraine and Carolyn about how much Carolyn loves her family. I literally hate that scene. Why? I hate that scene so much. Because it starts out, she picks up a picture of them smiling on the beach. Mm -hmm. And then she goes, oh, what a happy day. And then the mother goes, oh, how did you know? Because you're smiling on a beach. (laughs) How did she not know? And then she's like, oh, yeah, I just have feelings. Okay, whether you do or not, you didn't have it in that moment. You can guess that they were happy at the beach. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I I like this movie, but that scene, I hate every single time I watch it. Yeah. Because, like, I think anybody that knew a family was going through something would pick up a happy picture and be like, oh, like, this is great that you have this memory to hold on to now that your life is shit. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, how did you know? Yeah. Are you stupid? I don't... But one of the reasons they have this sentimental moment is because of what happens later in the movie, but they really make a point for Carolyn to say how much she loves her family and how much they mean to her and how they're her everything, which my only problem with the movie is it's like, I mean, that's... Not every mother, because there are some crazy-ass bitches that shouldn't be having kids. But, like, that's most women and mothers. You know, their family is ever... Especially, she's a stay-at-home mom. Like, that's that's her whole world. Yeah. So, it becomes the evening, and so they've got all these things set up. One of the things they have is basically a camera that flashes whenever it picks up any sort of activity. Mm -hmm. And they've got bells on doors Mm -hmm. so that it kind of, like, jingles if it opens. So they can be tipped off to what's going on. The cellar door opens, and it, it jingles. Ed, Lorraine, and the sheriff go down there and they take a camera down there and they keep the cellar lights off 
because that's actually a decision that he makes. He said, keep the lights off. Let's just keep it as is. And that's mm-hmm. one of the only times I'm ever okay when mm-hmm. it's a conscious decision to keep the fucking lights off. off. <laughs> <laughs> they, know, they know what they're doing, mm-hmm. you know. And Ed asks it to communicate. And Lorraine is clearly being affected, but nothing significant happens. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, it doesn't do anything. And then 308 comes around. Other than the door slamming shut after they leave the cellar, 308... Which it tries to hit... Carolyn. Yeah. 308 comes and nothing really happened. Right. So they don't have any real evidence to go on. So it cuts to the morning and everyone's still together. They're making pancakes for the sheriff and Ed and Lorraine and everyone that's there. Mm-hmm. Ed and Lorraine say, oh, we'll take care of things. You know, you take, the, talking to Roger, the dad, take the girls. He's going to go get him some ice cream. And Carolyn says, well, it's another late night. I'm really tired. I'll probably just go take a nap. Mm-hmm. So while the girls are gone, Lorraine is outside hanging up some laundry on a, you know, hanging to dry outside. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it gets really windy and starts to get spooky. And this, I think, was one of the scenes in the trailer to promote Mm -hmm. this movie. And a sheet comes off the line Mm -hmm. and it hits what looks like a person, like the shape of a person standing next to her. So Lorraine's like, what the fuck? And she looks up and she sees... Uh, it takes the sheet up yeah, to the window. So that so she that, follows it. Yeah, yeah, that body, whatever, standing there, just drifts up to the window and then the sheet falls and there's someone standing in the window. And she sees that it's the witch that she saw hanging. And then it just walks away towards Carolyn's room. Yeah, so of course Lorraine starts panicking and she's running up screaming Carolyn mm-hmm. and banging on the door. But uh, this is nasty. I hate how, like, in, like, any sort of possession movies, whether it's, like, a ghost or spirit like this one, not necessarily a demon, just a demonic witch, basically. Mm-hmm. Why do they have to puke it in their mouths? Mm, that's gross. Because the witch gets on like top of her. grapes or something. Yeah. It's kind of, like, bloody, but not, like, yeah. just blood, you mm-hmm. know? And it, But it comes on top of Carolyn and pukes into her mouth, which mm-hmm. is, you know, that she's now... Yeah. Possessed by this witch. Yeah. And <laughs> Lorraine finds her, you know, she races in, she tries to get in the door. That doesn't happen, so she follows around to the attached bathroom, tries to get in that door. Carolyn opens it, and she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I hear Roger and the kids, which they're way down the road. I mean, they're coming up, yeah. but they're way down the freaking road. And she's like, Lorraine has been hearing these gagging, like, heaving sounds. Yeah. And Carolyn's like, no, it's just a little nauseating. I'm like, that the kids are home. Like, I'm surprised Lorraine left at that point. Like, thank you. I'm surprised that they. That's my problem. She, because she saw the witch walk towards Carolyn. She hears all these heaving, nasty sounds, and then Carolyn's like, "No, I'm fine." Oh, like, and I hear something that's way down the road. Yeah. Couple, no. Couple signs there not to walk away from. And you're a paranormal expert, right? And a clairvoyant. You're just like, oh yeah, maybe she's just feeling weird and leave. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you're any sort of medium that felt the the entity or presence yeah. when you walked in the house, wouldn't you also feel it? I don't know. I'm not that talented. I'm not clear. I don't, I don't know anything about that, but like, it just seems kind of weird that she would. It takes so long for her to actually figure she out. She would just accept that, oh, she okay, she's yeah. fine. And this is where Roger comes home and Ed's working on this car that they kind of were talking about in an earlier scene, so then they have their... Their little moment. Bro scene, yeah, because... Like, Carol- yeah, mm-hmm. Carolyn and Lorraine had theirs, and so now Ed and Roger are going to have theirs. And 
he said Ed says it was Lorraine's compassion is why they're there and he didn't even want to come and he mm-hmm. also talks about how every time they do something like this a little piece of Lorraine kind of withers away mm-hmm. because it you know it takes part of not takes but it affects her very deeply yeah. down to her soul there's another night of investigating and this is really when shit starts to pick up the sheriff that's with him is a skeptic mm-hmm. the whole time he's just been kind of like Oh, it's 308. Nothing happens. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and the sheriff, it starts with, of course, it starts with the skeptic, you mm-hmm. know. Um, he's, I think, putting a kettle on or getting tea or coffee or something like that. Oh, no, he, oh, yeah. He was just like in the kitchen, but then he sees something. He sees the rocking chair moving outside on a totally calm night, and he's like, oh, shit, what the fuck's out uh, there? That's booby. So let's go out there, of course. Let's yeah. open the door and walk outside. He's a big strong man it. with a gun, Kristen. <laughs> You can just shoot a ghost. (laughs) Yeah, and he, like, sees something, and he goes out there, and all of a sudden you hear very quietly, look what she made me do, Mm -hmm. is what you hear. And, of course, he's like, the fuck was that? You know, he doesn't say anything. He's just like, oh, my God. So he walks back inside, Mm -hmm. and you see he's, like, trying to go get Ed. So at least he's kind of being smart. Yeah. But then something catches his eye in the laundry room. Yep, where there, of course, are, like, all these sheets hung up you know there's a freaking woman standing there yeah and he go and she says it again quietly and then he tries to get ed again and she and before ed can get there he walks in like a fucking idiot yeah and then she grabs him and she said look what she made me do again and you can see that her wrists are slit so she was a suicide one of the ones that lorraine found out about and so of course he loses his shit but then right as he's losing his shit cindy starts sleepwalking again and she goes um, from the living room, and they basically say someone's with her mm-hmm. because the camera is going off and stuff. Yeah, because uh, just normal ass human movements not going to make those mm-hmm. cameras flash. It specifically is designed for ghosts, demons, mm-hmm. spirits, those kinds of things to set it off, things you can't see. And so they're like, just let her go. Mm-hmm. And she goes to the like into Andrea's room, and the door slams. Yep, the door slams closed. First, I don't know why they kept such a huge distance. Yes, I agree. Let let her go, but follow closer. Yeah, because the door slams, and this scene did bother me a little bit. Like, not like in a scary way, but they go in and they hear another voice telling her because one of the the student goes back and he puts mm-hmm. on his headphones to listen. Because they've and already she put said, up all this technology. Yeah, actually. she said, or he's like, somebody's in there, and you can hear it saying, um, "Follow me. This is where I hide." And they go into the room finally, and they're looking frantically for her. They don't go to the wardrobe mm-hmm. to look for her. I'm like, yeah. where have all of these problems upstairs exactly. been? They're at that wardrobe. And so it's like, get the UV light, get the UV light to shine light, to find the footprints. Why do you need a UV light to oh, figure to out that she's wardrobe. in the wardrobe? Mm-hmm. Obviously they look out the window. Like she's, she didn't fucking jump out the window. Exactly. So that bothered me a little bit, but I get there. They want to use their technology that they've set up or whatever, but that pissed me off. But when they do open the wardrobe, they find it's got like a false back and mm-hmm. it slides over and there's a hole in the wall inside the wardrobe where they just pull Cindy out, mm-hmm. you know. And that's where I could see the UV light being like, okay, they open the wardrobe and she wasn't there. But then, of course, the UV light sees all these fingerprints and they figure out that this slides back. So that I get. But the whole they didn't even go to the wardrobe thing. But 
It was like a placement to be able to use the UV Eggs, light. Yeah, exactly. And April kind of has come up at this point, and she says, that's where Rory hides when he's afraid. Mm-hmm. And Lorraine goes into the crawl space, and she finds, like, these shelves of, like, kid toys. Mm-hmm. And she grabs the music box, and she puts it down in a little place where you can see that where it used it to be. Mm-hmm. Had settled around it, yeah. And then she falls through the floor. Yeah. She steps on a board and goes straight down to the cellar. Yeah. Why isn't his first thought... To go to the To cellar? go to the fucking basement. Yeah. To go to the basement. Because Ed starts panicking, obviously, because that's his wife. And side note here, I wrote down and I forgot to mention, these actors of Ed and Lorraine Warren, Patrick and Vera, I think her names, mm-hmm. they do, they have such good chemistry in this for, mm-hmm. like, I feel. Like, they sell that they are very in love and he is so, like, not obsessed with her, but, like, just loves her so much and wants to protect her at all costs. So when she falls through the floor, she start, he starts beating on all the walls downstairs, but doesn't... Go to the basement? Where what? all of this is... It literally... It, yes, it's an old board, and you could see her... Yeah, I could see her falling through without any, like, malevolent forces, but you know there is a malevolent force in the house that would want to trap somebody down there for a reason. Okay, but then if you see where he's beating on the wall downstairs... It's not even it's underneath. Not, like... Yeah. Okay, so you walk into the Andrea's room, mm-hmm. and it's to the right. And then he goes downstairs, and he beats on the wall that's basically where her, do- her door was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't even go where he's supposed to go. Yeah. Go I would have... fucking basement. Exactly. So that whole... This is whole, like, a 15-minute, like, window yeah. of scenes here... And it's just like, why are you doing that? Why aren't you doing this? It's kind of frustrating. And she's lucky that she still has a flashlight when she falls down there. And she also, the music box came down with her. Which mm-hmm. I had thought she'd set it on the shelf already. I think she grabbed the shelf to like save herself uh, and I it see. broke. And the music box came tumbling down with her. Because that was convenient. <laughs> uh, so she opens the music box and she uses it. To basically, because she saw the little boy in it, so she's using it to basically like look See behind if other her. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. And she sees something. Oh, she sure to fucking does. She hears crying, and she sees a woman that what looked like a bloody knife in her hand, mm-hmm. and the woman oh, looks scary. And she's of course, got a body laying in her lap. Yeah, that looks like a child, perhaps mm-hmm. the scared one that they keep seeing in the music yeah. box, maybe, and. She, the, this woman tells her again, just like the maid did, she made me do it as in killing her child, yeah. Rory. And she, herself, she had to kill herself. Lorraine's kind of like under the staircase, I think, or she's, yeah, I think that's where she's at because then a body yeah. drops and it like is hanging and yeah. it's the, you know, we know who was hung. <laughs> <laughs> and... Lorraine, clearly, when a medium clairvoyant and paranormal investigator gets really scared, you know there's a reason to get really scared. And she's... Terrified. Panicking. Absolutely. And what she does get from this, though, is when she finally does get out, she's like, she possesses the mother to kill the child. She's figured it out. She finally has. Yeah. I feel like it was a little late. But whatever. Yeah. Found it out at least. But she she says over and over, she possesses the mother to kill the child. And even then, she doesn't put together that... Carolyn is already possessed. Right. She just says that she's feeding on her. She's working on it. No, it's already done. Yeah. You saw her in the room. Exactly. There's some mistakes here. Or just plot holes, I guess. Mm -hmm. But they're not huge, but it's just 
Yeah. <laughs> the face that we just made was the same face. <laughs> like, really? And then a cross falls. Multiple. Yeah. They start falling. Yep. And poor Nancy. Her hair yeah. just starts standing up. And you know shit's about to go down. And she just gets thrown all around the living room yeah. and drugged by her hair. And, you know, of course, she's holding on to her hair so it doesn't, mm -hmm. like, scalp her. Right. You know? And... The boys are recording it. Yeah. So that they... Have the evidence. For but the church. Lorraine finally gets... A pair of scissors. Scissors and cuts her hair. I feel like that's more dangerous. <laughs> like, yeah. you kind of got her contained at this point. Maybe don't chop her fingers off. I mean, it ended well, but right. I'd worry. At least she had long hair. Yeah. Because Christine has, like, real short hair. <laughs> <laughs> but they take this tape to... Like, first of all, Roger is getting the family out of the house now. He's done. His Good. kid was just thrown all around them. Yeah. You know, so Roger's like, we're fucking leaving. Mm -hmm. And so he takes the family and they go to a motel. Ed tells Roger that they're going to get this evidence to the church immediately. Yep. And then it cuts to Lorraine. And she sees... There was a scene that I forgot to mention previously where Lorraine's daughter, Judy, gives her a locket. Mm -hmm. And this locket has a picture of her in it. And she also has a locket that has a picture of her parents in it. And when Lorraine fell, she lost it in the yeah. cellar. It got grabbed by something. Oh, right. Yeah. Because it's, it's you see like her almost strangled. Yeah. Someone grabbed her and yeah. grabbed it. Yeah. And so it, you see the locket just dangling in the cellar. But she is standing by the pond again. And she sees her daughter floating in the pond. Like her mm -hmm. daughter's body floating in the pond. And so she panics, of course, and she runs and she calls her mom, who takes care of their kid, to check on her. And she's fine, but Lorraine starts crying and she tells Ed it was a warning. Yeah, we she gotta knows. get home yeah. and check on her. Yep. And it briefly cuts to the family getting to the motel and the mom just sitting in the front seat being all weird. And even Nancy is like, I'm sorry, Christine is like looking at her kind of weird, but then it just cuts to Ed and Lorraine with the priest. And the priest sees this evidence and he's like, yeah, you got a mm -hmm. case here. But he says it'll be complicated because the kids are not baptized. Mm -hmm. They're not members of the church. And the approval would have to come directly from the Vatican. Right. And Ed and Lorraine are like, they don't have much time. Mm -hmm. And so the priest says, I'll push it through myself. So they essentially almost have approval for this exorcism. Because this priest is like, I've never seen anything like this. And they're like, right. yeah, us neither. <laughs> and then it cuts to night at Ed and Lorraine's house. They're not home for some reason. It's like, well, they again. haven't made it. They're on their way back. Right. So, okay. It's, it's a like long 3 o'clock in the morning, apparently. <laughs> because here we are again at around 3 o'clock in the morning. And Judy's locket is kind of on, it's hanging next to her bed on mm -hmm. like a jewelry stand. And it starts just swinging like a pendulum mm -hmm. at 3.07. And then Judy's foot also gets yanked, just like Christine's dead. Yeah. So she gets up and she's yelling for her parents. At least this kid's like, Mom? Dad? Like, yeah. hey, like, something's weird. But then, conveniently, the haunted room full of artifacts that shouldn't even be touched is open. Right. And she kind of wanders in for a minute to see that Annabelle is gone. And she gets scared and starts hearing all these loud banging noises and all this. And the lights start turning off and she takes yeah. off. Yeah. Into a different room. And she, yeah, she runs into this room. I I, I think it's her parents' room. I, I don't know. It's like a den, I think. Yeah. Like an office. And 
she sees a rocking chair by the window mm -hmm. and she sees a woman who is the witch mm -hmm. holding Annabelle and Annabelle turns her head and the girl obviously loses it again and she's banging on the door but the door is not going to open and her parents are coming home and as soon as Lorraine gets in vicinity of the house she's like something is wrong mm -hmm. and so she ends storming and she starts panicking and the grandmother finally hears her screaming and Ed and Lorraine Warren get home and they run upstairs and it cuts to Judy and the rocking chair is now empty but it has turned towards her and it's still rocking and right as the rocking chair flies towards her Ed kicks down the door and moves her mm -hmm. you know and he goes and checks because she's like Annabelle 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 was out somebody had Annabelle in the rocking chair Annabelle's back in her case mm -hmm. But luckily, these parents don't, because of what they do, they don't not believe their daughter. Right. They know, like, that something is going on. And then they get a phone call, and it's the Perrin family, and Carolyn left with Christine and April and took them back to the house, which are the two youngest. Mm -hmm. And so Roger, Ed, Lorraine, the student, and the sheriff all meet at the house. And then you get this, they, as soon as they walk into the house, this really spooky chorus starts mm -hmm. that I simultaneously love and I also hate. It's like, ugh, gives me the chills. And they all run immediately into the cellar uh, to see, because Roger had already gotten there. They see Roger and the assistant or the student stopping Carolyn from stabbing Christine. Mm -hmm. The mom is trying to stab her with the same scissors that Lorraine tried to cut their hair with. They say, we got to get her to the priest, we got to get her to the priest. So they try mm -hmm. to take Carolyn to a priest, but upon like being at the threshold of the front door of the house, her skin starts burning and bruising, mm -hmm. and Lorraine is like, that the witch isn't going to let her leave. Mm -hmm. And April is missing. Right. April has somehow gotten away, and Carolyn was focused on killing Christine, so April's just somewhere in the house. And they get back down into the cellar, and the witch is throwing Carolyn around, and choking people and I think she like bit the sheriff really bad and ripped a part of his skin yeah, off his cheek yeah and she's doing all the things that possessed people do mm -hmm. you know screaming and all that stuff they finally subdue her to a, kind of subdue her they throw a white sheet over her mm -hmm. and handcuff her to a chair and they realize that they'll have to perform an exorcism themselves because the priest is too far and she's not gonna last very long the student's been looking for April. That's the role that he has taken on now. Mm -hmm. And while they're doing this exorcism, he's just trying to find this kid. He doesn't go to the wardrobe. Like, I know she's not there, mm -hmm. but he... Check the... F Where have they been hiding right, exactly. this whole time? Go check the fucking wardrobe. Or how do you think she got onto the floor? Probably through mm -hmm. the wardrobe, right? They begin the exorcism, and the witch is obviously very powerful. And you can tell that the Warrens are really concerned. Mm -hmm. First of all, they're not priests. They're not ordained to do this, I guess you could say. And something else that I wrote down, you're going to laugh. The student looking for the kid doesn't turn on any of the fucking lights. <laughs> That's my thing that I guess I've, I, I'm getting hung up on mm -hmm. in all these horror movies. Because the cellar light is on down where they're doing the exorcism. So you know the electricity is working. Mm -hmm. Turn the god dang light on why is it so hard it would make his life to find someone easier if he wasn't looking in the dark a lot of birds start hitting the house mm -hmm. you know all the demony things and the student hears april's cries from underneath the floor in the kitchen and it cuts back to you know it's cutting back and forth between him looking and the exorcism and carolyn's face is 
coming in and out. It's Carolyn, and then it's the witch, and right. she's just you know. So you can kind of tell that she's fighting it, mm-hmm. but the witch is obviously very strong. Well, yeah, there's a couple times she even says Roger's name. Help me, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after all the screaming, all of a sudden it gets quiet, and the chair starts levitating, and it turns upside down and starts banging on the ceiling of the cellar. I think in threes, I'm sure. I don't know, I didn't count that. (laughs) And it falls and it breaks, basically, because if the chair's broken, they don't have anything to constrain her to, you know? Mm -hmm. And she sits up and she laughs, and she tells Roger, your wife is gone, Mm -hmm. Carolyn's gone, and that they're all going to die. And this is the part that pissed me off. The idiot fucking student pulls up the floorboards in the kitchen and finds April, and he screams at the top of his lungs, I found her! She's underneath the floor in the kitchen! And of course, the witch in Carolyn's body looks up and she's booked it. Mm-hmm. Like, she is going up through the floor. Yeah. Because Christine is, has already been put in the car. So just take April and put her in the fucking exactly. car. Shut the fuck up. No Get her in the fucking house. You don't need to... They're obviously not worried about that right now. Because right. wherever April is, is not down there with them. Exactly. So she's safe to an extent. So, why fucking announce it to the entity that wants to kill the youngest child? Blows my mind. Now that the witch is basically crawling through these floorboards towards April, it's all these confined spaces, and you see her, like, crawling really Mm -hmm. fast to get to the kid. I was like, ugh. And she grabs the scissors, too. So she's coming at her with with scissors, and she basically gets to April, and has April and this, you know, the scissors above her to stab her, and everybody is in kind of different vantage points, you know, Lorraine is seeing her from above in the floor, and then Roger is in the floors, just can't get to her. Right. And Roger and Lorraine basically do this, you know, don't do this, Carolyn, you can fight this. And Lorraine starts talking about the beach again, and Roger's like, Carolyn, you can do this, or whatever. So there's this whole dramatic scene of Carolyn and the witch battling internally, Mm -hmm. and then Carolyn wins. And then she's got to throw up the demon again. Yeah. <laughs> she vomits daughter, bloody shit is what I said. How do you ever, as a child, look at your mother ever again? Like, That's I guarantee you, question. April maybe emancipated herself. She moved out of that house as soon as humanly <laughs> possible. She moved across the country and only goes home for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Not even Christmas. <laughs> exactly. just, just Thanksgiving. I don't know, because even though she her face was warped and scary, it still was Carolyn. Like, yeah. Like, both Christine and April now have both seen their mother try to stab them with scissors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it's morning at this point because it's obviously took all night. And Carolyn, they're, like, helping her go out into the sun. And as soon as she crosses the threshold from out of the house, her bruises start disappearing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you... Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the rest of the family has made it at this point. don't remember who got them there, but... They're outside, and so this family is just in a bawling heap on the ground, mm-hmm. hugging. And Ed and Lorraine Warren are just standing there, smiling at him, you know. Like, look what we did. And April goes and gives Lorraine her locket back. So, yay. <laughs> <laughs> All sentimental and shit. Ed had got the music box, and he brings it home to put in his haunted room. To an extent, I feel like this is some sort of, like, it's like, yes, you need to put the haunted things in maybe a safe spot, but it's also like, is it a trophy? Absolutely. It looks exactly. like a trophy room. <laughs> yeah. And they find out when they get home, our exorcism was approved, and they're like, oh, well, a mm-hmm. little too late for that. 
And then at the very end, the music box goes off. And I hate this, especially in theaters. Oh, I hate this. It zooms in on the mirror that's kind of swirling around and it's setting up a final jump scare, mm -hmm. like a real good one, because the spooky, like, music box music. Right. And it just cuts to black. Mm -hmm. And then it has a little quote from Ed that I didn't write down about evil. I feel like I remembered that in the theaters, like, showing the witch's face, but... I don't... I honestly... This movie came out in 2013. I don't even... I don't remember, to be honest with no. you. But it cuts to black, and then it shows a real photo of the Perrins and, and the Warrens. Yeah. Ed and Lorraine, yeah. And after, I watched <laughs> South Park. I watched the Cash for Gold episode. <laughs> <laughs> so for really spooky stories, we tend to watch South Park afterwards. Yeah. And my South Park pairing was Professor Chaos. Because I love Butters. Oh my god, he's the best. Yeah. When I was watching my South Park episode, the Hulu ad for us came on. Ooh. But I was at that point, I was like, I'm still done with Spooky, can I not? just want to watch South Park, but I'm super, still super stoked for that movie. Ed and Lorraine Warren wrote a book called The Demonologist, and I have it. They did not write that book. Oh, they didn't? Nope. It's Someone based on their cases. It's based on their okay. cases. Someone got together with them and wrote their stories, and he actually got mad at um, James Wan and all the studios for doing The Conjuring because he figured that all those stories were his, and he had rights to every single one of them. You and he's actually them. suing them. In the process of suing them? Uh, or it, it they, went through? They, no, it's okay. They closed it in 2017. Oh. They, did, they, did he get a settlement? Yeah. <laughs> well, I haven't, and I just... It's sitting on my nightstand, and I just can't bring myself to read it. Even if you don't believe the Warrens or whatever, even if you take them as fiction stories, they're still scary. So I haven't read it yet, but I've been meaning to get around to it. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I like this story. But there's a lot of stuff with the Warrens that I tend to go, mmm, they've been debunked on quite a few things, sadly. So it kind of yeah. takes a little bit out of it for me. Well, Ed Warren died, I think, in 2006. But Lorraine Warren consulted on the Conjuring film. I don't know about the second one, but I know the first one he definitely, or she definitely consulted on. And she was there to make sure that they didn't take the dramatics out of context. So mm -hmm. according to her, how dramatic this movie is, is true to right. life. Well, they're good storytellers, if nothing else. Very good They've storytellers, and that's awesome. Movies. And if that was what it was left at, I would feel much better, better. about it. Yeah. But the fact that you're playing it off as this is actually your story, and this is true facts. Yeah. That's where you lose me. Yeah. Well, they in 1952, they founded the New England Society for Psychic Research, and they gained their fame from their involvement in the Amityville cases. And I didn't, haven't done much research on that because we're going to do it later. Mm -hmm. But from little things I've read, they were also a lot less involved in that than they. They were. She did like a seance. Yeah. There. Yeah. So. But again, good stories, I guess. You know. Mm -hmm. And obviously, from the telling of the story at the beginning, you could kind of see what differences were were there. But right. still made for a really good movie. If you have any paranormal stories that you would like as one of our spooky stories, please feel free to email us at theextrasisters at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook as The Exorcisters Podcast, on Instagram at The Exorcisters Podcast, and on Twitter at The Exorcisters. And next week, fear is born. Till then, stay creepy.